It's August, which means it's time to go on vacation. Let me try that again. It's August 2020, which might mean, as Bonesaw said to Peter Parker in the first Spider-Man movie, you're going nowhere. But that won't stop us from taking a little bit of a trip on this homily, in this homily today. You know, Jesus, he reaches out his hand to Peter when he calls Peter out of the boat. He says, it is I. Do not be afraid. But we spend so much of our lives afraid, don't we? Sometimes over big things, sometimes over small things. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't be smart or intelligent. Jesus doesn't say, don't be smart. But he does say, don't be afraid. And so we're going to take a trip to three parts of the world where faith in Christ where his presence, looking people in the eye, saying, do not be afraid, is helping them to live with courage. Airfare is really cheap right now, so it's only going to cost you however many minutes this homily takes. So in Nicaragua in the last two years, there have been a series of revolts and uprisings against the government, which has been corrupt, and oppressive. Two years ago, there were some student uprisings, and after the students were forced off of their campus, after their protests by the police, they took refuge uh, in a Catholic parish with the pastor there and with another priest. A couple of weeks after that, uh, a pro-government mob had trapped 300 people, including volunteer medical workers, inside of a basilica in Nicaragua. And when the cardinal of the capital of Nicaragua and another bishop, and the nuncio, who's the pope's diplomat in a given country, went to that basilica to open the doors and let these people who were trapped inside out, they were beaten up by the mob. The pope subsequently ordered one of the bishops to leave Nicaragua for his personal safety. And then last Friday, in the cathedral in Maragua, which is the capital, Someone lit a 400-year-old crucifix on fire. They threw a Molotov cocktail at it. The government said afterwards that it was because there were candles in the church, but there were no candles near the crucifix. Pope Francis prayed for Catholics in Nicaragua last week in his weekly Angelus Address, and John Paul II prayed in front of that crucifix when he was Pope. This is what he said. Don't waver in faith when the fatigue, loneliness, or incomprehension of others seeks to diminish your enthusiasm. Do not doubt that you are loved by the Lord and that his love always precedes and accompanies you. His victory serves as a guarantee of ours. Okay, 
Now we're going to go to Togo, which is in Western Africa. So Foreg Nasingbe has been the president of Togo for the last 15 years. His father was the president of Togo for 40 years before that. No, no term limits there. And his son's regime for the last 15 years has involved arbitrary arrest and detention of people, excessive use of force, torture, and death of government inmates. And the church in Togo has continued to speak out in favor of the dignity of the human person, of human rights, and for democracy. This week, French news media reported that recently the head of the Togolese Bishops' Conference and another priest had been notified by WhatsApp that somebody had put malware on their phone. The malware was from an Israeli-based security company, presumably contracted by the Togolese government to monitor their communications because they had been speaking out against the government. What can we take away from that? Two things. One, apparently African bishops use WhatsApp. <laughs> so that's cool. And the second thing, the bishop said, explaining why this had happened, that a federal government would want to put malware on his phone, we took positions in favor of the truth. And we know that the truth is Jesus. And that the truth, who Jesus is, sets us free. But we also know how hard it is to speak up in favor of the truth with friends or with family, around coworkers. We know well how afraid we can get in situations like that. And now we're going to go to Hong Kong. You've probably heard about the protests that have been happening there over the course of the last year. First, last summer, in response to an extradition bill, which would allow the Chinese Communist government to extract people from Hong Kong, not try them in Hong Kong's independent courts, uh, but imprison them in mainland China and maybe receive a trial. And then at the end of June, the Hong Kong government, in coordination with the Chinese government, passed a new security law that essentially makes it illegal to criticize the government, and not just illegal for Chinese citizens in Hong Kong, but Chinese citizens not living in China, and also for non-Chinese citizens living outside of China. So if you heard something about the NBA Twitter account sort of monitoring what it was saying about China, that's because of this. What it said was illegal, according to this new law. This homily is illegal, according to that new law. But that doesn't affect us so much, we hope. We'll find out. But it does affect people who are living in Hong Kong. One of the people it affects is Cardinal Joseph Zen, who is the 88-year-old retired bishop of Hong Kong, who, along with a number of the protesters who he's been coordinating with, has continued to speak out against the government. And when they passed this new law, he said, if right 
and proper words are considered against the law, I will endure all the trials and arrests. An 88-year-old man who's already seen so much in his life could just be quiet. He could just go back to retirement, not say anything. But Jesus has looked him in the eye and said, It is I. Do not be afraid. So you just got a free vacation. Come back home. And we're in the boat, like Peter, and there are winds that can blow all around us or that can blow through us. And in response to this sense of fear that we can have, what can we take away from these people across the world, Catholics who are living courageously? So the first, the Catholic Church is flipping awesome. (laughs) These are not stories from 50 years ago or six months ago. All of these are news stories from the last two weeks. And it's not like it was a particularly tough two weeks. This is just normal. The second thing is that we're blessed by the mystery of the church, that we live in communion with all of those people. When you come to Mass on Sunday, you're reading and hearing all of the same scriptures that those people are hearing. The whole Catholic Church reads the same scriptures and prays the same prayers every Sunday. We're in union with them. And when I'm afraid, and I hear about people like that, who are in situations that are so much more difficult than ours. It gives me strength not to be afraid. Because we Americans, God bless us, we can think that we have it the worst in the world. And it's not an excuse to diminish issues we have, but our worst days are better than most of the world's normal days. And that should just be a reminder to us. But those people aren't courageous just out of nothing, because they have nothing better to do, so we may as well do this. These particular people have been given courage because Jesus is standing there saying to them in storms that are terrifying, it is I. Do not be afraid. If Jesus is just a teacher, a nice guy, an inspiring speaker, there's no reason for them to be courageous. It's just a guy saying something irrational. But if Jesus is God, if he is all-powerful, then we actually have a reason not to be afraid. When the Eucharist is present on this altar and we receive the Eucharist, it's not a symbol. It's Jesus actually present to us, reaching out to us the same way he reached out to Peter. He's as present in this room as he was on the lake in Galilee. And he reaches out his hand to us, and what he says to us, looking us in the eye, is what he said to Peter. It is I. 
do not be afraid. 